You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Good morning. Man, after that, babe, what are we going to say? We should have just let them keep going. I mean, that was, I think that's what we're going to do on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good morning. I I I feel like we're all doing good right now. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good worship set. Uh, we're, we're super excited you're here. Today is the beginning of our Can You Relate series, and we are all excited about that. Uh, God, you know, we've set up the year where we're looking at vision and we're looking at goals and all that kind of stuff that we want God to do, and then it just makes sense that relationships is next. Uh, so how can we get to where we want to go uh, with the people that God wants us to be with, if that makes sense. So we're excited about today, but before we do that, we want to do a couple quick missions updates um, last week, we announced a couple mission trips, uh, and the first one is Guatemala, and that one is already full, so that is incredible and great and, and that, wonderful. Y'all, that, in that, we, um, one of the things in working with, those, with them and getting their schedule nailed down, they will go and they will see two, it's a medical mission, they will see 200 patients a day. Oh, they're in Guatemala. So that's an exciting... Yeah, so we're excited about that. Yes. The uh, other trip is the Ethiopia trip that's on the schedule. Um, that one is in June, and we will have an interest meeting next week. There's a creative room, is what we call it, right out these doors, and in there we'll have an interest meeting next week after service. If you are interested in going to Ethiopia, that's a construction, education-based uh, mission trip. That It's just incredible. So if you have a heart for Africa and you want to go there, uh, meet us next week after service in the creative room. Um, we've got one other Quick one is Walk for Water. In the fall, we raised over $10,000 for Walk for Water. That's a great local mission uh, that we support who supplies water to the whole world. Um, And we raised $10,000 for them uh, last semester. This semester, though, in March, on March 23rd, I think it is, we get to go do the Walk for Water, which is the event where they get to see all the sponsors and everything. Uh, So we would love for you to go join there and be a part of that. Something really exciting that we announced last week is we opened the Impact Center this week. Yes. Yes. So check out this quick little video of what it looked like. Yes. That's really, that was really fun this week. So that's super exciting. Uh, one little announcement there is y'all were so good at the response there that we are overwhelmed with donations. So we're going to pause donations for a little bit because it is a tiny, <laughs> bu- it is a tiny building and we don't have room for them. Uh, but thank you so much for responding the way you did. Uh, and then we'll keep them updated on as we, as there's a need, we'll keep it in front of you guys that we need this for the impact center. So we need clothes or we need furniture. So we'll keep that in front of you guys so we can all keep that full. Yes. So thank you so much for that. Yes. Yes. So today we're going to talk about relating and we're going to talk about distance 
in relationships. And we're, we're, there's good distance and there's bad distance in relationships today. We're, we're not going to focus. Bad distance is like an example of bad distance is. You've got an example. I've got an example. So here's an example. Um, November 26th. I was, my daughter was having, a, we were giving her a surprise 16th birthday party yeah. on November 26th. And I leave here, I'm at Ulta right here on Dorchester Road, 1230, walk in the dot. I leave my friend, one of my best friends, Leah, in the car with my youngest daughter, Hadley. And we were throwing a Ulta's surprise. Ulta's a makeup store for the guys. Yes. Yeah. Ulta's a make, all, all like products. I happen to know that store yes. pretty well. I'm a girl dad. So I run by Ulta. She's been wanting this flat iron, and I decide, okay, I'm going to get her the flat iron for her for the surprise birthday party. So I go by. I'm in a quick, I'm in a hurry. I run by Ulta, and I walk in. It's November 26th, so it's a Sunday. It is hustling and bustling. It's right there at the holiday season. There's a ton of people. There's probably 10 people waiting in line at Ulta. And I go to that. I'm laughing now because it's a nervous laugh. It's not a funny story. I mean, you can laugh, but then it wasn't funny. Now it's funny. Um, I go to the back of the store, and when I walk in, it seemed unusually loud, but I, I didn't think anything of it because there was so much hustle and bustle. As I get to the back of the store, I'm in the back left of the store, I notice that I think the reason that it's so loud is the alarms are going off. You know, if you, like, remove the expensive products from the alarm, there's, like, a beep, beep. So there's lots of beeping going on, but there's still the music all the people in line at the front of the store, nothing seems unusual. So I'm at the back, like, I mean, I bolt to the back. I'm looking, and I'm like, what, what is that noise? And so I look up, and across the store, again, we're at the back. Across the store, I'm like, there's like four or five people completely dressed in masks, ski masks, the whole thing, and they're robbing the store. So they've got these giant trash bags, and they're just, like, shoveling stuff in the trash bags. And I'm like my gosh, we're being robbed. Well, about that time, I'm on an aisle with, with rather expensive tools, like there's the blow dryers and the flat irons. And so about that time, two guys, like fully masked, make their way onto my aisle, and they're like this. And he's like, don't move, don't move, don't get your cell phone out, don't call anybody, just stay right where you are. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. So then about that time, and everybody at the front of the store is carrying on like normal. And I'm like, they don't even know what's happening. They're, we're being robbed, and they don't even know. Well, about that time, somebody from the, from the store that works at the store ca- hollers to the back, I've, got, I've called the cops, and they're on their way. Well, at that point, I don't know what they're going to do. He specifically told us to not call the cops, and I think he's got a gun. So they all take off. There's like six or seven of them. They all take off. Now, mind you, I am in, I'm not speaking that weekend. I am in my black leggings and my black cathedral sweatshirt. So they're so in all. So wearing the same thing as this. Wearing the same thing. Yeah. I'm not masked. That's I a am, key point. I am not masked, but they are. So they start running out of the store, and as they run, they're knocking on, they're like wrecking havoc. They're knocking every shelf down, like, so I am at the back with them, so I am like, I got to get out of here. So I start running, but I'm running with them, (laughs) and I'm like high-stepping over every shelf, and I'm like, and all the people at the front are- And you're dressed like them. I'm dressed like them, and all the people at the front of the store are looking at everybody coming out, like, what is happening? And they didn't even know, so now I'm trying to tell everybody, as I get out, we're being robbed. So I'm like hollering, I'm like, we're being robbed, we're being robbed, we're being robbed, and I'm getting out of the store, and then there's a guy walking on the sidewalk, and I run straight into him. Now, this guy is just walking 
This gets my heart rate up just talking about it. <laughs> this guy was just walking in front of Ulta trying to get to Home Goods. I run straight into him and I'm like, sir, we're being robbed. We're being robbed. And he's like, what? They are all hauling out of the parking lot and I'm running with him all the way out the parking lot. Well, we come out and I think they're going this way. I need to dart to the right because I don't know what's going to happen. So I dart to the right. When I do, a truck is just casually pulling into his parking spot, and me and him collide. So I start beating on his truck window. And I'm like, it's this white F-150. If you're in here, I would love to have a conversation with you about that day. I beat on the window, and I'm like, I'm like, sir, sir. Sir, at this point is when my friend Leah notices me in the parking lot. So she has no idea what happened. She just sees me beating this guy's window down. And he starts rolling the window down. I'm like, we're being robbed. We're being robbed. And Luke keeps saying, we as in as if you have this, like, like you are Ulta. Um, <laughs> he's just pulling it. He's just pulling it. So he's, just, he's like, what? And so then I just take off running again. And I get in the car. There's product all over the parking lot, and I, I, so I call Luke, and then I, I'm like, babe, there was an issue today at Ulta, and at this point, I'm crying, and I was like, I'm just really worried that everybody that was videoing is going to go in the news, and it's going to look like to everybody at the church that I was robbing Ulta. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I was just generally very concerned that you were going to see me on the news, and it was, and I just kept saying that in the car over and over again. And so even I even called Tyler, one of our police officers that goes through, and I'm like, Tyler, Ulta was right. He's like, yeah, they're at the Somerville store now. Well, I was like, well, I, I'm not, at, I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't go to the store. So I, and I remember finally how the, and I was like, how do I let everybody know that even though I, I was with them, I wasn't with them. <laughs> and uh, finally Hadley goes, well, mom, you know, everybody that was running out, if everybody was videoing, they all have stuff in their hands and you didn't have anything in your hands. So it's a dead giveaway that you weren't robbing the store. Um, but it was one of those that was, and I, by the way, I, somebody asked after nine o'clock service, they're like, well, did you get the flat iron? I didn't get the flat iron. <laughs> She didn't get the flat iron for, for her birthday, yeah. No, she didn't. Um, but that was, that's an example of wanting to create distance. Yeah. And today, we're going to talk about the opposite of that. The opposite we're going to talk about yeah. wanting to close the distance. Correct. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. <laughs> we thank you that Meg did not rob any stores, Lord. <laughs> no, Lord, we thank you, and we just ask that you speak to us in this relationship series. Lord, help us to learn and be open to what you want to do with us. Help us to speak God's word. Help us to hear your instruction and wisdom, Lord. We ask that you open our spirits and open our minds here today to what you want to do with us in this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so the other day we were having a conversation with someone and they asked you an interesting question, especially going into um, the relationship series. They were asking, Luke, how do you prioritize your family, your wife and your children, your friends, how do you prioritize that as a man when work and the drive and need to be successful and financial responsibility is such a drive for men? How, do you, how did you shift that? Was there something that have, have you struggled with that as a man? And uh, I thought your answer was great. Yeah, essentially, as a man, we, we tend to be more comfortable at work than we are at home. Um, and i feel like that is true for most of us men. Um, and so I just told the guy that really my relationship with the Lord is what fills those gaps that I'm not good at. Now, I made a declaration a long time ago that I wanted to be great at home and good at work because I didn't feel like I could be great at both. 
And so if I was going to choose one, I was going to choose my family. I'm going to try to be great at both, but I know the reality is that I'm, I would rather be great at home and okay with good at work because I think that's how you've got to set it up. And, but to be great at both of them, I, I, you really got to work and let God into your life. And so it took it from just saying I'm a Christian to really letting the Lord come in and prioritize and show me how to be a better husband. I mean, he does miracles every day, so why couldn't he do a miracle with you in your home? So that's what he did with me, uh, and that's how I explained it to the guy. Yeah, so that's where we wanted to start the relationship series is if we're going to talk about relating and how can you relate, then I think what we need to do is look at and unpack the ultimate relator, who is Jesus, and look at how did he relate and then build everything from that. And so I want to encourage you guys, a lot of what we, a lot of where we're, what we're talking from today is out of the book of John, and it seems that we've had a lot of conversations lately about people not knowing even where to start. I would encourage you, if you, if, if you don't know how to do what we're talking about, take the book of John. It's 21 chapters, and it's the story of the life of Jesus. Take the book of John, take a journal, and as you read through Jesus' life, the way that he handles people, the way that he handles situations, just begin to take inventory of everything, that the way that Jesus treated people. And then you hold that next to your life and the way you treat people, and it'll give you the, it'll give you the full key of exactly how to do that. So that's where we're pulling this from. Um, when you look at Jesus and the way he related to people, and I'm just going to point out a few of them, but again, I encourage you to do the some digging yourself, but Jesus would ask questions, and Mark, you find that Jesus comes up to a rabbi, and he asks the rabbi, he says, what do you need from me? So if you want to relate to someone, if you need a friend, if you're looking for someone to connect with, what do you need from me? So it's not about what I can get from you, but it's what do you need from me? And the rabbi says back to Jesus, I want to see. I want to be able to see, and so then Jesus does that. Jesus offers forgiveness. Um, You look at the thief on the cross, He was right beside Jesus, had done wrong his entire life. Right before he took his last breath, Jesus offers him, someone who lived a horrible life, offers him forgiveness. The adulterous woman, the woman who had had an affair, was caught in the bed, offers her forgiveness. You and I, all of our junk, he relates and he offers forgiveness or their relationship wouldn't work. Um, Jesus sees people's needs. There's a point where Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's walking out and he's at the pool of Bethesda which is a place where people would go for healing. And the Bible talks in John 5, it talks about how there's people everywhere. There's like five porches and they're all full of these handicapped people. And Jesus takes notice to this one man who had been sick for 38 years, he had been lame. And so Jesus takes notice, your people that you wanna relate to amongst all of the busyness, you need to be able to see what their need is and prioritize their need. And so Jesus goes up and he says, sir, do you, want, do you want healing? He says, I do, but I can't get up and get in the pool. And everybody's always ahead of me. And Jesus says, well, just like that, you're healed. So he saw his need amongst everybody else. Um, Jesus will put energy into connecting with people. I sang last time for the first service, and I don't know if they knew it, but I'm going to let you sing it this time. No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. Uh-uh. Y'all know the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord. He wanted wrong key, Doug. That's that's Something's it. Wrong wrong about it. So, nobody's joining. Either y'all don't know the song or I'm off. 
Um, no, Zacchaeus, is a, he's, a, he's a guy in scripture, and it t- talks about him in Luke. And he's talking about this guy who is this corrupt business guy. He's done things wrong. Jesus is coming into town. Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree because he wants to get a glimpse of Jesus. And so Jesus reaches out to him, and Jesus puts energy into connecting with him. And he says, Jesus says, I'm going to your house tonight. So if you want a friend, if you're looking for relationships, you got to go where they are. Go where they are to connect with them. Jesus served. You look at his 12 disciples. He served. People so oftentimes say here, I want to get connected. Are you serving? Are you serving? That's where so many of us that are like-minded, we're working together. Jesus washed their feet. And so he got down and said, I'm here to help you. Um, Jesus was a good shepherd. This is one of my favorites that, that we did. And it's talking about, and I encourage you again to go back and read it because in John 10, He's talking about the kind of shepherd that he is to his people. So you're having these relationships. And Jesus says, with my people, when they hear my voice, he says, my voice is comforting to them. My voice draws them near. They don't want to flee from my voice. They want to come to my voice. And he says, if you were to pay someone else, if someone else was in the position of shepherding this flock, when a wolf would come in, then they would run away because they would want to protect themselves. I I would give myself for my sheep. So there was a way that Jesus. I I thought this was a good point because when we were talking about this message to a lot of the people around, especially the young ones, they were trying to find the right relationships, trying to get their year right and trying to, saddle up with the right people that God has put in their life. And a lot of times that's really hard. And a lot of times we want to know, how do we do that? Well, these points that we're talking about right now, serve. Do, do your friends know that they can call you at any time? Do they know that they're gonna, you're going to protect them? Do they know that you're going to be a good shepherd? We, we saw a saying the other day, uh, what was it? I'm the, not surprised that they were talking about me. I'm just surprised that they, they were okay with doing it with you in the room. Yeah, are, 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 you, are you somebody who spreads gossip and doesn't protect your friends? If you want to be, if you want good friends, you've got to be a good friend. And that's what Jesus is showing us in this thing. He is. So he was a good shepherd. His people knew that he would take good care of them. Um, Jesus initiates conversation. You see him with the Samaritan woman. A Jewish man and a Samaritan woman would never talk. And Jesus shows up at the midday with a woman at the well, and Jesus initiates that conversation. The people that think a Christian would never want to talk to them initiate the conversations. And, and that's a good one. I guess <clears throat> there's a lot of young people in here. We, we started a ministry last year called SIA, and it's for the 18 to 30 age range, that young adult where it's really hard. You're going through a lot of transitions. You're looking for the right friends. Um, MT and, and Becky run that ministry. Uh, MT, raise your hand real quick so people can see he, they're going to be out in the foyer. If you're, if you're looking for somebody in that age group, you're looking for a friend group, they've got Bible studies, they've got hangouts, they've got all kinds of stuff going on. They'll be after service, and you really want a good community to start doing life with, SIA is the group to do it. But you've got to initiate it. You can't just hope that good friends are going to happen. You've got to go be bold and go talk and meet the right people. Um, and then I want to talk to you about our main point today, which was Jesus dominated the distance. Um, so he, he, did a, he initiated conversations, he connected, he served. Um, but what Jesus did that I think we all need to glean from so much that we want to focus on this morning is there was a distance between us and God. It was our sin issue. And so Jesus saw the distance and then he went after dominating that distance. Um, John 1, 10 through 14 says this. 
He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from a human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the father's one and only son. So that's what we want to talk to you today yes. about is how Jesus saw the need, dominated the distance, and how we can learn from that. Yeah, so the title of this message is Dominating the Distance. And we had a, we've been chewing on this for about a month and a half probably, uh, Meg and I, just trying to figure out what Lord, he gave us this word distance. And what we didn't realize is how much, how much there was to unpack with the word distance and distance in relationships. And so this distance can go from friends to spouses to uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, but all the way even to your children. God, your children. Um, and the biggest thing we realize is there's so much power in distance and how the enemy uses distance in relationships to really messes you, to mess you up. And think about it. When you, you and your wife get in a fight and all of a sudden the distance happens, how you navigate that distance is very important. A lot of times it can get worse and worse and worse uh, are you okay with the distance? Are you, uh, are you consumed with the distance? Do you mess up? Do you violate the distance? All those kinds of things. But what we're, we know is there's God-ordained relationships in our life, and if we allow distance and we don't understand how powerful the distance is, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. And the reason it's so powerful is because in that distance is where we will make up so much stuff that is just not true. We had a girl come to us a couple years ago, and she grew up here. She was, uh, you know, a child of the house pretty much. And all of a sudden, she kind of messed up one time, and she missed a week, and then missed a week, and then missed a month, and then missed a month. And before long, we ended up just saying, you know, where have you been? And she said, well, I messed up, and I was so worried that when I messed up that people were going to judge me, so I missed next week. Well, then I missed next. Well, then all of a sudden, this distance becomes like a monster, and it grows, and it consumes, and it's like it holds its own megaphone and speaks lies to you, and all of a sudden, you start believing, well, maybe, what if they know? What if they find out? What if all of a sudden, it's been a year, and you haven't been back to church, and you have this preconceived notion that all of a sudden, there's all this stuff going on when everybody at the church is like, man, I miss her. But there's a way we mess that up because we allow the distance and we underestimate the power of that distance. And that kind of thing can really ruin any relationship. It's true. And what's interesting is the megaphone that you're talking about, the enemy, he uses the same lies between you and God. Like you miss some time with God, you miss church, you miss devotions. He uses the same kind of thoughts and lies with a husband and wife, with a parent and a child, with friends. It's so easy to get busy and you haven't seen each other recently and now all of a sudden you think, well, I haven't talked to them. And now a thought becomes a feeling and then your feeling becomes a reality. And now there's all of this distance that is so plotted by the enemy because the truth is every one of us has a silent battle. We all have stuff that we battle in our heads and thoughts. And so whenever distance is there, if you don't dominate that distance, then the distance will dominate you. Um, and so the ways that we talked through dominating the distance was the first one is you need to assess the distance in your life. Um, because if you can imagine, so like this is Luke and I, if you can imagine a string in between us as a husband and wife, 
natural life, there are going to be times that we're super close and things are working great. Our communication is great. Our passion is great. Our intimacy is great. We're on track together. And then there are times where things get busy with the kids. Work gets busier. And so there's just a natural distance that happens. And so you have to assess, is the distance that we have right now, is it healthy or is it not healthy? What do I need to do to dominate? Same thing with your children. Recently, one of our 16-year-old had her ACL and meniscus torn. So she had surgery. It was a, it's been a long recovery. So there's been a lot of natural things of our time and energy that has been spent there. And so there's a way that you have to look at the distance in your life of all the relationships and say, is this a healthy distance? What do I need to do right now to dominate that relationship? What do I need to do to dominate? Is my relationship with the Lord, what does that string look like? Is it too far or do I need to pull it in? And um, one of the ways that we talked about was... And, and, and when you're assessing it, Start thinking through the lies that you believe in in the yeah. distance. Like there is a lot that you believe that distance will speak to you and hold you back from that uh, relationship. And the way I the way I kind of think about it is like I've got these relationships, and the moment I know there's something that's going on between me, and I start hearing things about Meg, I know it's false. I know it's crazy. I got to crush that distance because if I let that happen, it will grow and grow and grow and grow. And a lot of times that, that distance can make us feel like a victim, like, oh, yeah. they did this, they did this, or this happened, or this happened, or this happened, and, and that's not the case. The distance is the enemy. If you could see that, if you could take one thing away from here today, it's that don't allow distance in those relationships that you know you need to have. Yeah, and I think another thing is when you're assessing the distance in the relationship, just because a way that you have known a relationship to be, so just the way you have known a parent and child relationship to be, the way you have known friendships to be, and the way that you have known a husband and wife to be, just because it's what you've always known does not mean that it's right. And so you need to take the relationship. When you look at 1 Corinthians and it says love is patient and love is kind and it doesn't envious, it's not jealous, it's not quick to anger. There's a way that you take your relationship and you match it up and you assess the distance and you say, is this distance what God describes as this relationship? Not what I lived out with my parents, not what I'm living out with my current marriage. There's a way that you take the relationship and you assess it next to what God designed the relationship to be. Absolutely. We, I had a meeting with a guy the other day, and he was talking. They were kind of going through some marriage issues, and he said, well, at least I'm a better husband than my dad. And I said, but are you satisfied with that husband? And he said, no. And I said, have you communicated to your wife that you're not satisfied with that husband? And he said, no. And I said, well, let's just go fix it. Let's just put it together and start communicating where we realize we're wrong, and let's go fix it. So we want to give you some practical how-tos. These are not groundbreaking you're gonna, you've heard them a hundred times, but maybe it'll make sense to hear. The first one is how do you dominate the distance, and that's communicate. Yeah, listen to this. So listen to this. Your communication, your connection is only as good as your communication. Your connection is only as good as your communication. Um, what you might think you mean is not what they might think you are meaning. Oh, that's a good point. We've, yes. Let's pause. Take a momentary pause. Well, let's, I don't think we have time for this. We do have time. This is very important in the Turner household. We've had a debate this, this last week. I noticed. This is not I, a time for marriage counseling. This, it's, not, it's not marriage counseling. <laughs> he this just is marriage wants competition to be, right You here. just want to be right. Oh, I think I am. So, and if they agree, then I really win. No. I noticed Meg was sending this certain emoji in group text messages. And I'm like, 
that is not what she thinks it means. So, like I'm you're a, the knower of what emojis mean. Because I, yeah, I'm pretty much, yeah, Mr. Emoji. Take a look at this emoji and tell me what you think this emoji means. Anybody know what this emoji means? This is the debate in our household. Megan, why don't you tell them what you think it means? No, you tell them what you think it means first. Megan thinks it means <laughs> embarrassed. Every female said, yeah. Okay. I think it's embarrassed if it's this until it's this. <laughs> then it is no longer embarrassed. It is, I'm looking at something I'm not really supposed to look at. Hence why he's smiling behind the emoji. How many of y'all believe me? Look at the masculine. Yes. Like, this is no, yes. no, yes. come on. Yes. I this embarrassed, is... creepy, <laughs> embarrassed. I feel like that it means in context. In context, my a group of girls text. What is y'all's dinner plan for the week? And I say, I haven't even been to the grocery store. Eh, I'm embarrassed, but I know y'all see me and y'all know it's not surprising. Eh, not. I <laughs> yes. Yes. It is until you agree. The creepy. whole balcony agreed with me. No. All right. So you got to make sure you're communicating the so same thing. So you want thing. that. Yeah. Communi connection is say, only Can you as say it one more time, <laughs> a little bit louder? No. Connection is only as good as your communication. You have to know what the other one means. So for this communicating, I think it's important for us and, and for all relationships. Now, again, this is not just husband and wife. This is crucially important with your friends, with your children. Um, when you're going to communicate, you have to establish rules and communication, some practical it, rules. And I, we spoke in chapel at the school last week. It, and one of the questions they had for us was, how do I talk to my dad about feelings when we've never done that before? Yeah. And it was such a practical question. It was so good. And I think on the parents' end is we get nervous that we don't know how to do it, so we avoid it. On the kids' end, you kind of wish they knew how to do it, and things may get awkward but around it. But the kid it. feels the avoidance, so they then avoid it. So as then well. they avoid it. I think the great advice there is simply this. If you're a teenager or you want to talk with your parents or you want to have a level of communication with somebody who's not established, go do it. Just go be honest about it. You, you can't be a pro at things you've never done before. Yeah. There's nothing that works like that in life. Like if I want to go learn fly fishing, I can't be a pro the first time I throw. So it's important that I understand that you I'm You acted like you were a pro the other day when you were trying to show me how to do well, it. Well, I'll say it again. No, <laughs> Um, but you got, you got to, I, I but think. Go, tell, go talk to your dad and just yeah. say, dad, I want a deeper relationship. I'm not sure if you know how to do it. That's totally, and don't expect to be pros at it. Just to communicate, this is the kind of relationship I want. Now, it's their job to decide whether they're going to do it or not. Yeah. So some of the rules that we have when we are doing that and when we are communicating that I think are helpful is, um, one is feelings matter. Feelings matter. And so I can say to Luke or Luke can say to me, um, when you did this, it made me feel this way. The answer back is not, that's not my problem. I didn't mean it that way. That's not what's on the table. What's on the table is that that makes me feel that way. And my feelings and his feelings matter to each other. Our children's feelings, our friends' feelings, they matter. So the way you meant it and what you thought you did or what you thought you said is not the most important. 
the way that they feel matters. So in a discussion, rule is feelings matter. Number two is apologies are needed. Apologies are needed. Listen, there is nobody is winning whenever there's things aren't working out. And I'm sorry means everything to people. And people need to hear you say and own your wrong, especially parents, especially spouses, friends. For Luke, he is so quick to apologize even to the girls. I was wrong. I, was, I shouldn't have done that. I should have. So your apology, when you're arguing and when you're discussing something, when you're working something out, apologies matter. For us, we have no yelling, um, which can, that is a rule, but you have to, sometimes you got to back up because sometimes it can go there and then you, it's got to be intentional. No passive aggressive behavior. Um, that means you can't say, fine, whatever, whatever. Do whatever you think. Whatever. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, I'm wrong. You're right. Shutting down. That's passive aggressive behavior. Yeah. Um, and then I think what, what you said, a, another rule for communication is you have to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, ask what they need from you. Everybody. I'm in, a, I'm in a house full of girls. So a lot of times I don't know what I did wrong. I just know I did something <laughs> wrong. So I got to communicate through that a lot of times. Help, help me where, where I messed up. What I do. But here's the thing is, if you're going to have a, if you're going to dominate the distance in a relationship, things in a relationship, they need love, they need appreciation. And so how do you know you're giving that if you don't ask them? Because the way that you communicate the way you love does not mean that's what's communicating it to them. And so when's the last time you took all of the relationships that you're stringed up to and you asked your spouse, do you feel loved? Do is what I do, does it speak the language that makes you feel valuable? Have you asked your children, do, am I, do I make you feel loved and appreciated? What can I do more? Is there something that I'm doing in the relationship that's not conveying that to you? Listen, everybody needs to be appreciated. And when you think about that, in a relationship, I want you to celebrate me, not tolerate me. Everybody wants to be celebrated and not tolerated. So ask yourself in this distance, ask yourself when you go home this morning, babe, do you feel like I celebrate you? Blakely, do you feel like that who you are is celebrated by me? Ask the question, what would you score our distance? What if I, if my goal in February is to dominate the distance in the relationship, sit down with the people that you love, sit down with your friends and ask them, hey, what is the distance? How far on a scale from one to 10, 10 being more, there, there's no, there's nothing here. Give me the number. Luke will say to the girls oftentimes, what, what, how am I doing? Rate, rate me. I think one of the final things here on communication is owning your wrong. Um, Ownership is a big word, especially for me. This year, I feel like the Lord's really like messing with my head about ownership and how much ownership has to do with a lot of stuff. Uh, There's a great book called Extreme Ownership. Um, It's not a pastor recommendation. It's just a recommendation, okay? Uh, It's not a biblical book. It's a military book, but it is on extreme ownership and how you learning how to own your problems. If you want to fix your problems, you don't want to carry your problems into every situation. You got to learn how to own your part. And in relationships with your parents, with your kids, with your wife, owning your part. And how much better and how much quicker can you get to a resolve when it's not their fault, it's yours. And figuring out how to be a man or being big enough and saying, I'm sorry, what could I have done? You're right, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. If Meg and I are at a 60, we would grade ourselves at a 60. I own my stuff and it gets me 10%. She owns her stuff, it gets her 10%. Now we're at an 80, we're working somewhere. But if it's always somebody else's fault, 
The distance is going to stay there. Don't expect to get rid of the distance when you don't own your own stuff. Yeah. Another way to dominate the distance is, is to give forgiveness. That's what Luke said. Whenever someone offers, uh, I'm sorry, you have to be willing to forgive. And what I know is there's a lot of things that have happened in a lot of relationships in this room that have caused a lot of hurt. And it's been years of hurt, and it's been really bad decisions. And so I know that there's a way with God's grace and time it takes to fully close that distance. But the, do- the distance will dominate you if when they apologize, you don't turn towards them and start accepting that apology and that and closing that. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. How did Christ forgive you? Over and over and over and over again. And so if you want the relationships in your work, in your life to be dominated by you, forgiveness is going to have to be something that you choose over and over again. Our, our last point here is give grace. Colossians 3.13 says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I think that phrase there at the beginning of that, that make allowance for each other's faults is such a key to dominating the distance. I think this goes with the understanding of even when we're at our best, we're not perfect. And learning how to give grace in the relationships to allow that. Uh, Meg and I have this one little tool that we kind of do that we use, uh, and it works really well for us uh, if you want to use it. But when we come home, some days you just kind of expect the other person to be 100%. And what we've realized is life is not that way. There's days where we come home and I'm 20%, and that's all I have to offer. The day was tough. Some things are going on. I I don't have the parent in me that I want to be. Or the husband. Or or the husband that I want to be. And I will say to her, babe, if I can be honest with you, I need your help today because I'm at a 20%. And she can say, Luke, I'm at a 20% today as well. Then we order DoorDash. (laughs) Then we order DoorDash. But now I know where she is, and we're parenting together in the sense of, look, I don't have a lot to offer today, and that's okay. Well, but then, when we don't communicate that, then there's an ex- expectation of, you got to do, you got to do, you got to do. When that causes frustration, it's the silence in the distance. So there's a way that he can say, babe, I've, I've got all this going on, I've got this in my head, I'm trying to figure this out for tomorrow, I'm only 40%. And now there's a way that I do what Scripture says, and I make allowance for that. And the way that Jesus served, and the way he met people where they were, and the way that he, now I'm getting to do that, and it's, it's such an honor to get to do that for him. Because I know the man that he is to me, and to my children, and to our friends. So now the, those evenings, that, that is a privilege for me. I'm, I'm getting to serve him in a way that he, and, he, and then him back to me instead of me going, why is he not even doing that? Why is he still on his phone and checking emails? Now, now there's a grace for each other instead of a frustration with each other. And that actually makes the distance closer instead of allowing that distance to dominate. our. And same with the girls. We're very open with that with the girls. It's Saturday. We're speaking tomorrow. I'm sorry. We're so busy, but th- this is what you need from us. This is talk to keep that line of communication open of this is my percentage I've got now your percentage is not an excuse for your behavior okay so it's not that you're ugly or short or mean but you're but there's a way of this I'm operating my tank feels empty and I need you to know that and so those are some practical ways that we have felt like that has helped us to dominate the and Luke you'll even do that with your friends like hey guys I'm running low my tank is low I'm on 20% I need to see y'all like we've been busy we've not been good but I need to see y'all I need to make that happen well and there's a, an awareness too like you've got to look at your friends or your parents or your 
your mate or whatever and look at their life and adjust your expectations, which Bo and Alice are going to talk about next week. And Bo and Alice, I'm so super excited because they were pivotal in our relationship. Uh, but understanding, oh, wow, they're going through hell right now. I can't expect them to be 100%. There's so much with that that you got to learn to give your people grace. Uh, I think is huge. Yep. Um, we want to leave you guys with this. And just as an encouraging word, as you go out and your goal is to dominate the distance and the relationships in your life, is that Scripture says this in 1 John 4.12. It says that no one's ever seen God, right? So none of us in this room have seen God. But if we love one another, then God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So there's something that happens in relationships when we go after them and dominate them the way that God called us to do and the way that Jesus did. That there's something that happens in relationships that is so exemplatory of who God is that that happens and now there's an overflow. There's a filling up of us. The relationship fills us up and then there's an overflowing to other people. And that is the picture of God's perfect love because we can't see him. But what we see is what he does in people's lives. And so when you begin to try to dominate the distance, he will meet you there because that is his goal for people to see who he is, is the testimony in our life with each other. Boom. I love when you preach like I that. I love Girl, it when you, you preach, baby. Uh, two quick things before we wrap up. Last week we announced uh, two huge dreams that we have, the big scary dreams, and we gave you the homework of going after and thinking about what they are for your family and your life. Um, you've, if you came into the foyer, you saw two walls, and those are our dreams. But we, what we want you to do is we want you to write on those walls your dreams that your family's believing for. And as a family, we will believe for the big, scary God things that we don't know how we're going to do them, but we're just believing for. So I know the pictures are beautiful, but write on them. Write your dreams. Write your passions. The other thing is this Wednesday night, we have worship night. And if you enjoyed this morning, come Wednesday night because worship nights are incredible. They're fun. They're so exciting. And this thing gets really, really, really fun. So we'd love to see you Wednesday night. Baby, you want to bless us before we go? Sure. Um, you guys can stand up and bless you really quick. Let's pray as we before we go. Father God, I right now, I just pray that everybody in this room and everybody online, or that you would just give them a picture of every important relationship in their life. Or that they would see their spouse and their children and their friends. And that, Lord, you would give such clarity on how they need to dominate that distance. And that in any relationship where there's been a megaphone and a thought and a feeling have become their reality, Lord, that you would just begin to pull that rope closer and closer. And that the way that you intended for relationships to fill us and to fill a void in our life, Father God, that you would begin to mend those relationships. And Father God, I pray for the people in here who have relationships and they've been really hurt and, and a spouse or a friend or a parent or a child and there's just been a hardening of the heart that has caused them to, to keep distance or maybe there's a parent in here that's really messed up and as a child, you just it's time to offer forgiveness so that that distance can be closed. Maybe there's a wife in here and you've just really blown it. And there's a husband and I just pray that God would begin to take your heart in his hand and that you would feel in every place that has been hardened, that you would feel as God holds your heart, his, your heart in his hand, that there would be a softening of you. And 
that God would begin to guide you just like the rudder on a ship whenever he, it guides and it turns that in ways that you need to turn and things that you need to turn towards and storms that you need to avoid, but it would you would just begin to allow God to hold your heart in his hand and to guide you in relationships the way that he needs to. Father God, I pray that you would give a new love and a new desire. I pray that for relationships that have lost intimacy and passion, Father God, that as we begin to go after dominating this distance, Father God, I pray for people in here that are lonely, for someone that would say, I just need a friend. I need someone to know what's going on in my life. Father God, that you would begin to put people in our life that would close the distance that they feel. And Lord, as we just embark on this series, that as we, as we start this in February, that we would be a people of relating, a people that because of what we have, that your perfect love is abiding in us in the way we relate. And Father God, I pray that people around us would be overflowing recipients of that love. Thank you for the ability to right our wrongs, Father God. Thank you for the ability to go the distance. Thank you for modeling that for us the way that you did. May we chase after you and after the people that are important in our life in 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.